Imperfect Parenting Podcast. Here we are. We're back. We're back. <laughs> and we're back. We're this meme actually makes me think of Lincoln. <laughs> Every time. Well, it, it it's this what's on there and the shower. I went and filmed my audiobook a couple months ago and um before I left I said, "Buddy, you should take a shower today, just Monday." And then take a shower on Friday so that when I get home to give you Two a hug, in one week. Yeah. your hair smells good. Yeah. And he goes, I don't need that many showers. <laughs> <laughs> but you do. You do. It's only going to get worse either yeah. as well. My, the best part, though, is he will put on deodorant as he goes to bed because he, does. he doesn't want to smell himself. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for self awareness is growing. That's okay. It's slowly, <laughs> slowly growing. So the reason we're talking about Lincoln and his hygiene practices is this meme is I, I think this guy is hilarious. He is funny. Chris Chris Fairley Chris Farley, Farley. Chris Farley. He's Chris, not alive anymore. Yeah, it, it is sad. Um, but this is from Tommy Boy, isn't it? Tommy Boy and I mean so many movies that maybe. But Tommy Boy is just classic. That's his classic. Mm-hmm. Um, SNL, he was just but this, goofy this is, funny. This is from Tommy Boy. This, oh, yes. This clip, that's that's what scene, it is. Yeah. This image. picture is from Tommy Boy. And it says this. You need to brush your hair. My kid. And then the picture. Why? And it's him with this wild, crazy hair. It's when he's really frustrated yeah. at sales. He throws his head back. And he puts his hands through his hair and pulls it straight up and then is screaming. So he just looks like he was <laughs> shocked from electricity or something. Exactly. And so it's uh I don't want to brush my hair. Yeah. Yes. You need Lincoln. to brush your hair. Why? Why? Why do you need a shower? I don't know. That stench that's coming. <laughs> your underwear's crawling out of your Mums room. and dads of boys. Let us know. I came up I was going downstairs today and there was a pair of underwear on the top of the banister, like at the very top of the stairs. Nice. And I'm like, is, that, is that a sign of something? Does that mean something? I just don't understand why it's why is his underwear up there? <laughs> And then I, I'm like, I don't know if this is clean or dirty. Why is your underwear at the top of the stairs on like the shelf? I never find the girl's underwear there. I find he puts his socks and his underwear right there, like a holding space for what? I should change it this week. I don't know. Change it this week? <laughs> I should change my underwear. I'll put it here. It's for my, my I, myself. Maybe. Ugh, I don't know. Who knows? Why are boys this way? They just don't care about this. You have no. no comment? You don't want to share anything? Mm-hmm. Were you not like this as a child? Oh, I don't know. No. No. I'm I'm sure I was somewhat like this. No. I was dirty a lot. I, I was messy. I know that. Yeah. I remember. I don't... You remember. I saw your room once when you were a teenager. I, it never looked like that when you saw it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in Reading? My room was never messy. Weaverville. Either. Oh, maybe then. I was oh, 14. Oh, there we go. Okay. I thought you were in Reading. I'm like, no. my room was spotless <laughs> in Reading. You had I matured. I worked full time at 16. Okay. Anyways, that has nothing to do about what we're talking about. So. We're talking about becoming an influencer for your child. Yep. And what does that mean? What does that look like? Which we talk about this often when we when we describe connection. I think in one of these episodes, I, I described it like... Connection is building a highway of influence, mm-hmm. which is 
I think just in my own parenting journey and for so many parents I talk to, is probably one of the highest things they want. Mm-hmm. And when they don't have it, it's painful and it's scary. Yeah. I just want influence to my child's heart. Uh, and I would say the progression of how I see it is toddler years is we are just trying to survive the constant demands in which they're putting on this relation on our relationship that is that we can meet mm-hmm. trying and and trying to somehow manage self-care but really their lives depend on us mm-hmm. in an extreme way and so it's exhausting then we phase out to elementary age and that's where we start to see their independence develop and then we start to see their voice start to grow louder. And um, if we're still in a state of exhaustion, their disrespect can show up louder here. So it's it's elementary is not always the hardest season for parents, I think, because there's a lot of you need me, but I'm still – the cop managing your life. I don't feel as you're so dependent on me as much, but I'm still, you know, you're slightly afraid of me taking something that you want. Then you get into that middle school where younger and younger now, it it feels like this rebellion starts to take place. And then by teenage years, there's little to no connection. Yeah. That That is a... a really big average but yeah. that's what i'm i'm usually working with is is that's kind of the timeline of their Aggression. parenting because i never took the authority of being the leader and instead i was always a reactionary parent to the seasons that you were going through yeah and and one of the ways i keep thinking about it is most of us at this point have probably heard of john maxwell yes um it's called the grandfather of leadership. There's just so many books that I've heard or read or, or seen of his that have just been so helpful. And so the first point there, parents, is just remind us that, that we are leaders. Mm-hmm. We are leading this house, these, these young ones, ourselves. We are very much leaders. But the, um, I'm going to read it real quick. But he has this, I think he has a couple of books where this is in. I think it's developing the leader within you. Oh yeah, is where where I the, first read it. The OG. The OG. Um, but it says five levels of leadership, mm-hmm. and the first one is positional, which is essentially um, you follow me because you have to. The next one is permissional, which is you follow me because you want to. Mm-hmm. You're, you're actually choosing to follow me. There's permission given, and, and the, then it gets through a few more. I'll let you read the rest right now. I think just for for this conversation, I want to read the two. It's productions number three. People development is number four, and then pinnacle is number five. But this positional and permissional part has been so helpful for me in all areas of leadership in my life, especially at home, mm-hmm. which feels like this influence piece is if my role in your life stays positional, I'm the mom, I'm the dad, do what I said, and this is yeah, this is our relationship, then that's that's what you're going to yield. I. As a child, I have to follow you till I can make my own own decision. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you're, you live it kind of more afraid of your boss. I mm-hmm. have to. Yep. I'm going to get fired. I'm powerless. I have to listen to my parents. I don't want to. I have to. It. You. You almost train up this powerless mindset yep. until they feel like they get powerful, which is that middle school, yep. uh, high school where they go. 
screw you, yeah. I'm done. So it doesn't mean we, we remove boundaries. It doesn't mean that we, we remove all the structure that we have in place. But, but within that, the confines of those boundaries that we've been talking about for a little while now, it's, it's this permissional leadership, permissional parenting that I want to create in my home. That, that you want to come to me mm-hmm. for, you know, you told me a story just last night about Adeline when she's asking you a question. Mm-hmm. You know, what have, what have you experienced in this area? You can share it if you want, but it's just the, I want my children to, to come, come find me mm-hmm. because they've given me permission into their life, mm-hmm. into their heart. Yeah. Well, I was on a walk with Adeline and um, it first started with trying to figure out if she likes anybody, you know, she's not obviously going to share very much with her brother and sister around because then it just, <laughs> she's very private in some of these inner workings of her heart. And so to put on display any place where they could uh, tease or have any any uh, known knowledge, she's like, oh, I'm keeping my cards <laughs> close. That is very Abby. Um, so we're talking about if she likes anybody and because there's this boy that, we think sweet and whatever. And she's like, yeah, no. And I said, do you think anybody's cute? And Adeline's body language, you could read instantly. That's just the part that I love so much about her. But she said, just because I think someone's cute doesn't mean I like them. I'm like, yeah. I didn't say that. I was just Let curious. me preface. You know. In my heart. Yeah. So we talked about that, um, which was fun. And then. Are you going to say who it was? I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> you can die if you'd like to. Well done. <laughs> That was a test. But you passed. I'm not. Uh, um, so we're walking and we we're talking about different things. And she, and she's like, "Hi, I just have this thing, but I don't really know." And you know, she's just hesitant, and that's that's just kind of how she's trying to figure out the best way to present something, trying to figure out the best way to ask it. And she she asks this question: "Have you ever been jealous of your friends and even your closest friends?" Mm-hmm. And I said, well, yeah, it's, that's definitely, I've felt that before. And she's like, I just feel so bad. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, what are you doing with that feeling and that those thoughts? And so we talked about it a little bit more. And it really came down to, you know, she's feeling jealous because she doesn't feel like she's as kind as them. And they're getting acknowledged for their kindness. And I said, I think that's what you're more jealous of. Not that they're kind people as much as they're getting kudos and yeah. you like kudos and you're not getting the kudos. <laughs> and and the kudos that you're getting, you're like, well, those don't feel as important, you know, because her kudos are, you're super funny, whatever. And so we just talked through it and, and I, I was just able to guide her in what happens if we don't confront jealousy in our heart. We yeah. don't confront this, um, this, this seed that gets planted and then how it starts to grow and what it produces in our life and, and how do we get rid of it and how do we lean into what does the Father say and how do we find truth and how do we be an encourager when that thing wants to be an attacker and how do we shut down gossip instead of you know, spread it. And So we just got to have this whole conversation around, you know, this thing that she's experiencing that she knows she doesn't want. But I wouldn't ever get that place if she wouldn't have invited me into it. Yep. And, and you know, I didn't go into it and say, I read your text and I saw that what you were writing and I have some questions. I, it's She trusts me to speak into a space that she's afraid that she's bad or wrong in, which is 
a beautiful opportunity as a parent to be so trusted with, let me guide you to the truth because I've already walked through this one. And, um, and I think that's the permissional leadership that you are referencing is I, I am so trusted that I'm going to let you see a place that I, I'm even slightly afraid of that's going on in my heart. Hey, it's Brittany here. I'm normally on the Kylo show. Yes, but I wrote a book. I wrote a book for parents, but I talk a lot about moms. So if you're listening to this and you're a mom who's frustrated, who feels like you're failing, who feels hopeless in this game of parenting that we're in. So if that's you, mom, buy yourself this gift on Mother's Day. It's going to be worth it. So I hope that you feel blessed and encouraged by my new book, Imperfect Parenting. You can find it at imperfectparenting.co. I was asked this week um, in some meeting we were doing with a bunch of different adult students in the school. And they asked me, what, what's one of the main kind of cultural rocks in your home? And I said, you know, I, I think it's truthing to quote your dad. He has this new word, truthing. It's probably not in a dictionary, but it will be one day. At least it's. But it's, it's t- telling, telling the truth to each other in love. Mm-hmm. But that's actually what creates trust. And, and I think there's actually the opposite of safety when truth isn't flowing. Mm-hmm. You know, and actually, um, I'm, I'm, I mean, we've talked on here about the respect that you actually gain from me when I, I begin to tell the truth and actually show you what's happening inside oh, in of me. in our relationship? In our relationship. Yeah. I think in the same way with our kids is, is when I'm, gonna, I'm willing to tell you the truth and really what's happening in my heart, how you're impacting me, what I'm needing, and where I want to go with you, that that actually creates the opportunity, the landing place for this influence thing I want. Mm-hmm. It has to be done in love. It, it's not because I'm, I'm mad or angry, mm-hmm. but it's really just the opportunity for them to see you. Mm-hmm which sets the example for them to do the same. Yeah. And and that's this practice happens all the way through. It obviously yeah. is small here and it starts to grow and it's a lot of this is shared control, prioritizing connection, um managing myself mm-hmm. and displaying that I can handle your mess which gives and just builds uh the the permission and and puts on display that I, I I for kids that I want my parents involvement because I trust them to be yep. my advocate in life. Yeah. And I trust that I can give them my scary things. I can show them things that I'm you know walking through and sure there's still moments where we're having to confront our kids cuz you're not confronting this thing that I am seeing. But it's not a tug of war yeah. because we've done all this other um, lifting. It's it's more of a an exchange. Like, ugh, this is gonna cost you, and that's kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, but you can get it back, but not not until later. Yeah. And and it's it's just a different exchange than when we haven't done the work of establishing uh, enough connection and trust in our relationship. I just want to come back to that thing you said a minute ago about. I can handle your mess. I think one of the things that parents have to tune into is my own emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. I have to grow my own emotional maturity so I can handle 
the things that I don't want to hear, the things that scare me, the things that I'm like on the inside, I'm, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What mm-hmm. is going on here? But my my ability to grow emotionally myself mm-hmm. sets me up to handle it, which really is, again, it's it's one of the precursors to this, okay, my parents can handle me. Mm-hmm. I can trust them with, with this scary thing that I don't know where else to go. Yeah. You know, I, I want my children to go, I have something to say that's scary and hard. I made a mistake or I don't know what to do with this. I want them to, to think of me first. Yeah. It's kind of funny because... I the more that parents uh, choose to grow in their emotional awareness and their leadership capacity as their children grow, I think my mom referenced this mm-hmm. on the Kylo show, is growing, you together. Know, growing together. What starts to happen is if you're doing this well, your children are all growing together. You know, and I I remember watching Delaney have a relationship with this young girl that. Um, was identifying as non-binary, I think, and and they were friends before this happened, and then after, you know, this girl's kind of changed who she is a bit, but Delaney has a high capacity, and so she's, you know, they've been connecting, and the girl wants to go have coffee or something like that, and Adeline's just spitting out over here because she's just afraid that this girl is going to be a bad influence on Delaney, and and she's and she's not reacting well and trying to communicate what she needs and so just being able to even lead her and you know you're you're okay to be scared but if you need something from your sister or you feel like you want to communicate with your sister because they're they're all peers right now i'm sure they're all different ages i think it's completely okay for you to communicate i'm afraid i need to feel safe and then delaney because she's a little bit ahead gets to go okay you're scared i need to help you feel safe i'm leading you in a different way, because I'm older than you and I'm experiencing more things, let me reassure you, I value your relationship, I value your voice. But it gets to show up in our kids great. as we model this. And I remember their exchange of that happening. And even, you know, Delaney had a boyfriend and that same thing was happening. And Adeline's spinning out, I'm like, okay, use your words. <laughs> Tell the truth. Communicate yeah. what it is that you need. And again, it's just, there's different moments where we get to put on display Okay, they're leading or they're communicating or or they're giving permission to influence and have Each access other. because it's something that they're seeing from us. That's great. Yep. And that is, I guess that's the goal is that the, the fruit shows up in your kids. Absolutely. That's what, that's what we're going for here. So I I think Al, my prayer today for parents is that is that you would begin to get, get some clarity on what it looks like to build that highway of influence. Mm-hmm. And so keep connection at the top of the list. Yeah, we're always saying and it. and lean into um, like it's really fun to work with people that aren't on fire. Mm-hmm. It's fun when they come and go. Okay, can you give me a, a plan for when the house is on fire so that I'm not on fire when the house is on fire? I, that's I, this this willingness to grow and give insight to how do I be proactive in leading in this season and their toddlers. How do I pre- Proactive in leading well in the teenage years when they're, I mean, I just working with people that want to grow yep. and, and create plans and be prepared is so much, so much fun. Beautiful. Because it doesn't feel like we're having to put out fires um, and, and get you to grow. It's a, it's a different, different thing that happens when we're in that state. So if you can, I'd be leaning into how can I grow myself 
Um, so I'm, I'm being the best leader for my kids. Yep. Awesome. All right. Should we finish with a question? Sure. So here it is. I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to learn more about restoring connection with my 11-year-old son. He can be oh so sweet and then turns, turns on me in an instant. I get so frustrated that I end up sending him to bed or to his room. But then what? We talk about wh- why it happened and he's, he's, he's usually apologetic, but the same thing will happen later that day or the next day. I really could use your insights. Yeah, I think sending him to bed or his room isn't really having him own the problem of his explosion. And a lot of times parents misunderstand that um, apologizing isn't repentance. Mm-hmm. It is, um, it's, it's almost like a ritual, you know, apologize. Okay. All right. Clean slate. Well, yes, apology is part of it, but we don't clean the slate yet because you didn't actually figure out what the problem is. It's just getting cheaper each time. Yeah, and and so that's, I think, her frustration growing because she doesn't believe her kid. Yep. So I would really be, I would lean into, hey, um, feel free to come out of your room when you figure it out what the problem is because yep. you talking to me that like that isn't okay. Yep. I'm sorry, Mom. Okay, I, I know you're sorry. What's the problem? Well, I you did that thing that made me mad. Okay. So why are you allowed to treat me this way when you're mad? I don't know. Oh, well, that's that's something you got to go figure out because I'm kind of scared you're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So why is it okay to treat me like this when you're mad? I don't know. Okay, well. Take your time. Sounds like you need to keep thinking about it. So um, I'll bring up dinner when it's ready. And um, if you get stuck, let me know. Well, I don't know. Okay, well, I don't want to have a conversation with someone that's going to be rude. I love you. Yep. Try again later. So it's it's a boundary. I'm, I'm happy to help you. I'm not going to work harder on this problem than you are. But I think the frustration is uh, words are getting cheap. There's not really a clear owner of the problem or what the problem is. Uh, probably asking better questions. Continue to pursue love languages and all that, but I would just yep. have a plan for... Uh, better than just sending him to his room because that's not finding an owner. It's kind of like just sitting your kid in timeout and hoping that when they get up, then you know they're never going to do it again. Well, I don't know what they did in timeout except for sit there until the timer went off and now back at the game. That's what happens. And I think something that happens with these moments too is it, it causes us to take an, a quick or a deep look at our own culture. Mm. You know, what are we creating? Yeah. So why is it okay for my son to do this? Does he believe something that needs to be adjusted or have I set an example for him? Yeah, that's another You know, point. have I created this momentum in the wrong direction that I need to actually change myself? So, so when we have this conversation, my words become more expensive too. Mm-hmm. My words have, have weight and power with him. So if that's part of the problem. It probably is. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm paying attention to that mm-hmm. so I can say, hey, son, why is it okay? Well, you do it. You know what? I did. And I'm working on adjusting that. So we're changing the way we relate or interact with each other. So why is that okay now? And and you better be working on you not doing that anymore. Yep. Keeping the standard. It's not a double standard. Walk away if you have to. Mm-hmm. Take a breath. But yeah, that's, that's not a double standard. So we are actually changing the culture, making connection the most important thing. 
Come home. That's go, cool. parents, go. Go, go, go. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Goodbye.